friends, this is episode six of the Saving Christianity podcast coming to you from the Christian Family Online in America. I'm John Shields, your host, and delighted to be back with you today. And uh, we're going to talk more today in this episode about the crisis in today's Christianity uh, as it's described in the book Saving Christianity. And we're interested in the subject for only one reason. If we know why this crisis is happening, we'll know what to do about it. And that will give us more peace, healing, and hope in our lives. And uh, I know that we all want that. So thank you for joining. Now, the name of this episode is The Wrong Ancestors. Yeah, that the wrong. You may have already thought you had some wrong ancestors. But, but uh, in this episode, we're going to explain why so many of today's Christians seem confused and spiritually weak. Uh, so this should be uh, an interesting episode for us. But before we start, let's pause for a moment uh, to introduce our my best friend, the co-host of this episode, uh, Owen Allen. Welcome, John, and great. It's good to be back. A pleasure always to be here in the studio to be talking to our friends who are listening out there somewhere in podcast land. Hmm. <laughs> I can visualize them sometimes driving or jogging or riding the subway or doing hundreds of other things. And frankly, it's my prayer, and I pray this every day, uh, that these episodes are giving them the answers to some questions about Christianity that they've wondered about all of their lives. Yeah, that's my prayer, too. And and I hope that our friends are enjoying hearing these episodes as much as we are enjoying uh, recording them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and one other thing. Um, I want our friends to know that these episodes are not just an intellectual exercise yes. for us. Yeah. They need to know that the things we're talking about are very, very real, and they're Christians who are living what we're calling the early Christian lifestyle every day, and quite frankly, we want our friends to start living it too. That's true, and it's incredibly important for our friends to know the truth about the early Christian lifestyle, and not just to know it, but to experience its incredible peace, healing, and hope for themselves. Yeah, and you know, John, absolutely, to be deathbed honest, as I say, I, I couldn't live a day without the peace and the comfort that what we're calling the early Christian lifestyle gives me, gives my wife Joanna and our other dear friends. And I don't think that our friends who are subscribers to this podcast should live a day without it either. Yeah. Uh, I really, really don't see how people uh, can survive today's pressures, uh, the pressures of everyday life, yeah. without what we're calling this peace that passes all understanding and uh, this healing that humans can't do and this hope that nothing else can give us. Yeah, I, I concur, Owen, for my, for my own personal life, my family. My only hope is that, that uh, through this uh, 
the 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 internet, the web, uh, this this podcast that we can communicate mm-hmm. the full power of what living with a deeper Christian walk really means. Yeah, me too, because it's hard to do this just verbally, I guess. Yeah. But let's try. So, John, let's go ahead and pick up this thread that we've been following uh, in episodes four and five, and now we're into episode six. Let's look at more of the what I call the hidden history, uh, and it has been hidden. Uh, either accidentally or on purpose, and Mm -hmm. I've had to dig it out, and that's what we're doing here. But this hidden history of the unique and exclusive and amazing lifestyle that we're calling the early Christian lifestyle. And as always, if our friends would like to review Episodes 4 and 5, they can do that on the Internet at cfopods.com, CFO. P-O-D-S, CFOPods.com. But I'm thinking, John, that maybe the best way to break the ice here in Episode 6 is to read a few sentences from Chapter 5 of the book, Saving Christianity, because we want to set the table or set the stage for a comparison a comparison that we want to make here in this episode. Yeah, that's a good idea, a good place to start, Owen. This two-part comparison is is really important. It is, and so let's give our, our friends part one of the comparison. And here I'm quoting from the book. The early Christians lived a lifestyle that was free, informal, and loving. They emphasized personal growth, freedom of expression, freedom of movement, freedom to enjoy spiritual experiences. They call themselves followers of the way, and they live with healings, peace, patience, courage, miracles, and angelic guidance. And they worshiped in small groups and private homes without without a hierarchy of humans to micromanage them. And they were so spiritual that even when they were persecuted, they walked to the lion pits holding hands and singing. Well, that paints a picture all of us need to think about. I know I do for sure. I just wonder how many Christians today, I'll throw myself in, could walk (laughs) to the lion pits holding hands and singing. Sometimes I wonder that too, John. But the lesson behind these words is that during the first 300 years of Christian history, the early Christians lived a very different way from how many Christians live today. Yeah, for sure. And we said back in episode two and three that what we see happening in a typical church building on a typical Sunday today is not what the early Christians saw happening on the day that they called the Lord's Day. That's right, John. Isn't that interesting? You never hear that phrase today, the Lord's Day. But that's what Christians are supposed to be calling the first day of the week. Well, John, that's a historical fact. Mm -hmm. And so, but now let's look at part two of our little comparison. Exactly what does happen 
in a typical, quote, church building on a typical, quote, Sunday. Yeah, you know, Owen, I I remember when we were young, you remember (laughs) the teacher used to say, or our parents used to say, okay, put on your listening ears. (laughs) And uh, I think we need those on right now. Absolutely. Well, so let's go ahead then and read some more lines from chapter 5 of the book. And I quote, Today's Christians worship in buildings designed like Roman courthouses that they call churches, a word that early Christians never heard. Today's Christians are divided into a clergy and a laity, Mm. more words that the early Christians never heard. Mm. They call the first day of the week Sunday, another word or term that the early Christians never heard. They worship with rigid agendas, and they're micromanaged by their clergy. They're program-oriented, program-oriented, so that they have bingo games and bazaars and bus trips and sport teams, scout troops, preschools, musical concerts, choir rehearsals, dramatic presentations, fall pumpkin sales, to name just a few of their many, many programs. But the early Christians never heard of any of these, never thought about any of these, and would never have engaged in any of them if they had thought of them or had heard of them. Well, this is starting to make a rather disturbing two-part comparison. Well, it is, but listen, these two uh, descriptions are true. I don't think any of our friends listening out there in podcast land would say Mm. that uh, these uh, descriptions are not accurate. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are as much as they hurt. So, and they do hurt sometimes. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Well, let's compare now the two descriptions to one another and see uh, what this two-part comparison reveals. Right. And, you know, we decided early on that we were going to go just full bore wherever the truth (laughs) led us. And so this is where the rubber meets the road. It is. So the first description showed us how the early Christians lived, and the second one shows how, frankly, a great many Christians, um, maybe you could say most Christians, are living today. So if now let's compare these two lifestyles, and what we're looking for is the degree to which the two lifestyles match one another. Yeah, I know that our listeners are, along with us, are being able to see two very different Christian structures or or Christian organizational designs. Yeah, precisely. But that's why we're making this comparison. It's forcing us to see that there are two, not one, but two very different Christian organizational designs that have come down to us through history, through Christian history. And frankly, the two designs don't match very closely. In fact, let's just spell out how they're mismatched. First, think about it. The early Christian design was free and informal, but today's design is rigid and formal. 
The early Christian design emphasized individual growth and personal freedom. But today's Christian design emphasizes loyalty to programs and conformance to denominational teachings. Third, the early Christian design was following the way. In other words, following spiritual behavior. But today's design is membership and one of the hundreds of Christian uh, denominations. Let's look at two more. The early Christian design emphasized personal behavior. But today's design emphasizes watching pre-planned programs. And finally, number five, the early Christian design emphasized personal guidance by the Holy Spirit. Personal guidance by the Holy Spirit. Just this morning, John, my wife had a beautiful, a beautiful personal guidance from the Holy Spirit. Mm. So we we should be living this way hour by hour. Yeah. Anyway, but today's Christian design emphasizes, dare we say it, mm-hmm. human guidance through sermons, music, and classes. Now, we could keep going, but let's stop here and ask ourselves, what conclusion can we draw from this comparison? Well, as I said earlier, it's obvious uh, as we are talking about this that we're talking about two very uh, different organizational structures or, or organizational designs. Yeah, they are. And let's just tell our our friends how they're different. Okay. Well, the early Christian design we we know was free, informal, and uh, most of all, spiritual mm-hmm. with a capital S. Mm-hmm. But today's design uh, is rigid, formal, and conforms to rehearsed programs. So quite a difference. Well, yeah, that's a good summary, too. But think about this big question. Which of those two designs would give us the best chance at being spiritual? Yeah, well, of course, the early Christians taught that that God is a spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus said Hallelujah. and, and that, that he must be worshipped in the spirit. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, so Christians must be, we, we must be free to worship him in a supernatural way. And, and the design for that, that does the best or, or puts us uh, with the possibility of that mm-hmm. is in a free and informal design. Uh, like the early Christians. Exactly. Exactamente. Mm. So look at uh, This is interesting now. Let's have our listeners uh, tighten their seatbelts. We've arrived at an extremely important organizational law, and it's going to give us a fresh view of how the early Christians met and worshipped. You know, John, in the field of organizational behavior, that's called OB for short, happens to be my field. We teach a law of organizational design that everybody really ought to know and ought to think about, and it can be stated in three little words. I don't know if any of our listeners are old enough to remember the old song, three little words, Hmm. but here they are. 
Design follows purpose. Design follows purpose. Now, don't let these three little words scare you. Here's what they mean in simple language. The design of an organization, that means its shape or its pattern or the arrangement of its parts, reveals its purpose. The design of an organization reveals its purpose. This is very, oh, and this is very important. So uh, um, most people are like me. Give, give us an example of what that really means. Well, let's think. I tell you, let's read the law in reverse. The purpose of a thing dictates the design that it should have. Mm -hmm. The purpose of a thing dictates the design it should have. For example, ask Mm -hmm. yourself this. Why is a limousine Mm -hmm. different from a race car? And why is a race car different from a Jeep? Mm Mm-hmm. I used to own a Jeep, so I know about that. But, and the answer is because they're designed for different purposes. A limo's purpose is to carry a load of teenagers to the prom. A race car's purpose is to win races. And a Jeep's purpose is to crash and bash through the woods. So design follows purpose. Okay, that's better. That's that's uh, a little more clear. But but actually, how? Here's the question: How does that law apply? Mm. We lay that template to the design of Christian groups. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do. Let's apply the law of design follows purpose to the two Christian organizations we just talked about. Okay. Here we go with the first one. The early Christian design, we said, was free and informal. It met in small groups and private, quiet homes. There was no pre-planned agenda. The Holy Spirit guided their meetings. And so, if we apply the law of design follows purpose to that, what would we guess the purpose of their design was? Well, I think it's obvious. uh, (laughs) Uh, their design reveals that their purpose was to be spiritual. Amen. And uh, their purpose was to worship God supernaturally mm-hmm. and to let supernatural things happen. Absolutely. Their design was following their purpose. Well, let's look at our second piece of our comparison. Today's Christian design is rigid and formal. Christians meet in large groups and large buildings. They have printed agendas, and they watch a pre-planned program being presented by professional musicians and leaders who have rehearsed and prepared for that day. So, if we apply the law of design follows purpose, what could we guess the purpose of their design is? Well, it's obvious again, but uh, I also think it's more complicated. I think that today's design is partially to entertain the group, dare I say, uh, (laughs) partially to educate the group, and partially to maintain order in the group. Yeah, it is. It is complicated, John, and all those purposes are correct, but this is interesting. Let me stick in sideways. Have you ever thought why today's Christians in most settings are ranked in pews, lined up 
uh, in ranks of pews all the way through uh, the room, the sanctuary, whatever they, their denomination calls it. People have studied that, and that's a symbol of military ranks. So the people are lined up at, to obey, see their leaders. But mm. did you notice, John, that there's one purpose that didn't come to mind, it didn't spring to mind as we listed the purposes of today's design? Yeah, and uh, uh, allow me uh, 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 just a little bit of a, of a joke that I heard one time where <laughs> a gentleman uh, in a uh, in in a quote church building expressed his um, agreement and optimism to something uh, that was said uh, out loud and um, he was told to stop it Mm. and uh, he said well i I can't i got religion and uh, those the people the powers to be (laughs) said well you didn't get it here And that's the tragedy we're talking about. Um, yeah, we don't usually think of today uh, the, of today's Christian design as actually being for the purpose of spiritual happenings. We don't think of it being for supernatural experiences. Yeah, the sad news is if somebody had one, they'd yeah. be dragged out, yeah. and I've seen that done. Yeah, <laughs> so that's right, John. I mean trying to be positive here, Mm -hmm, if we mm -hmm. openly and and honestly apply the law that design follows purpose to today's uh, Christian design, that's the only conclusion we can reach. Uh, It's not really designed for spiritual purposes. It's designed for conformance to a rehearsed and pre-planned program. And John, let me hasten to say that's not our fault. Right. See, I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. I said in another episode that I've been a Christian since I was 11. Uh, I was raised in this format, if you want to call it, this template, if you want to call it, and everybody I know was. So who are we blaming? We're blaming right. Constantine. Right. So we're not here to trash our friends or to trash today's denominations. That's, that's correct. Yes. We're here to trash Constantine. Yeah, and and oh, and I was thinking that uh, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I was also thinking, and maybe it's important uh, uh, on some level to our listeners that that I, I'm actually uh, a minister, and, and so I'm I'm in in this, and yet. Uh, being in it, so we're not trying to throw people under the bus. Uh, we're our, our goal is to understand the problem, to find the solution, yep. and and just see spiritual growth yes, happening yes, in yes. people's lives. Absolutely, that's what we want. That's what you and I want. That's what Shannon wants. Yes. That's what we all want. Well, look, let's tighten down a little bit. This gets more interesting, mm-hmm. and see this a little more clearly uh, in the field of organizational behavior, or OB as we called it, there's another rule, and this rule comes under the umbrella of design follows purpose. But now let's apply that rule to what we're saying about today's design, and here's that rule. Think about this. Mm -hmm. Organizations that are designed for group purposes are not efficient for meeting the needs of individuals. Wow. Think about this yeah, now. That's quite a statement. Let's read it. Let's read it again or say it again for our friends. 
organizations that are designed for group purposes are not efficient for meeting the needs of individuals. Now, a good example would be the Army. The Army is designed for a group. But that makes it inefficient very many times for meeting the needs of individual soldiers. Anybody Mm -hmm. that's ever been in the military knows that. Things are constantly getting lost and forgotten and done incorrectly for the individual soldiers. But as a group, the Army works fairly well. So an organizational design that will work for a group often won't work all that well for an individual. Yeah, that's so interesting. A friend of mine just told me the other day his son is in basic training, and uh, he got to talk to him for a few minutes, and he was very frustrated uh, because he was having to do push-ups because the others weren't taking it seriously. So that just proves that point again, doesn't it? But but, but it also it, it tells us that that's why the early Christians uh, had an organizational design of meeting informally in small groups, in private homes, because the purpose of their design was to benefit individual Christians. And that's exactly the point. You know, this is something we said in a previous episode, but let's say it again, and I think we even said it earlier uh, here. Uh, It was the Holy Spirit who gave the early Christians the design that they used. Have we ever thought about that? I mean, he could have given them temples. He could have created a temple for them, but he didn't. And, you know, we're going to discuss this more in upcoming episodes, but just to say the Holy Spirit knew that spiritual growth only happens to people as individuals. It doesn't happen to people as a group. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is devastating because today's Christianity, as we know too well, uh, is based on the wrong organizational design. Wrong for many reasons in many ways. But at least, look, now we fulfill the promise that we made at the top of the show. We promised our friends that in this episode we would explain why many Christians today seem confused and weak, and now we know why. Mm -hmm. It's because they're meeting in the wrong organizational design. Yeah, that's right. And, And the question our friends are probably asking now is where did today's wrong design come from? Uh, who's responsible? <laughs> but we already know the answer to that, don't we? We do. See, we already know the answer. We've discussed it fully in episode four and five. But just for somebody that may have missed it, the answer is that mm-hmm. the Roman Emperor Constantine, when he founded institutional Christianity in the fourth century, then today's Christian denominations are the direct descendants of Constantine's 4th century institution. Yeah, that's why we title this episode The Wrong Ancestors. We're saying that today's Christians are using an organizational design that came from the wrong Christian ancestors. Exactly, exactly. See, 
most Christians don't know that they have two ancestors to choose from. Like mm. you said earlier, John, mm-hmm. most of us can't choose our ancestors, mm-hmm. but Christians can. And they, but they don't know, they've never been told mm-hmm. that there is a second organizational design from which they can choose. And of course, naturally, that's why we're publishing these episodes. We want Christians to know they have a second option, one that can give them spiritual growth. List of this, mm-hmm. the same way it gave spiritual growth to the original Christians. And that is definitely why we are recording these episodes. We want today's Christians uh, to have the same supernatural peace, healings, hope that the early Christians had. Absolutely. And let's remember, John. The early Christians were the most spiritual people on earth at that time before they were suppressed. Remember, we said in an earlier episode that uh, uh, non-Christians thought a new race of humans had appeared on earth Mm -hmm. because the early Christians were so different. So, you know, John, we pray every day that uh, that all of our, our listeners and all Christians everywhere Mm-hmm. We'll move into what we're calling the deeper walk. But you know what? I'm starting to resent this big clock on the wall, John, because I see it's almost time to close episode six. But why don't we – I'd like to close a different way this time. Mm-hmm. You know, our friends may not realize it, but at this point uh, in the podcast, we have now discussed the first five chapters of the book, Saving Christianity. Now, we've just skimmed over them, Mm -hmm. but we have skimmed over five chapters. And in the book, if you look at the table of contents, uh, those chapters are called Part 1, and that part has the title, The Source of the Trouble. The Source of the Trouble. So what we're saying is that Part 1 of the book is all about the crisis, and what's causing the crisis. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've talked about now for several weeks. So next, we need to start talking about the corrective action as individuals out there in podcast land. Mm -hmm. What can we do about this crisis? Yes, and what can we do about it as private individuals? Yeah, because we probably feel isolated, lonely, you know. Sometimes I do. Sure. I mean, it's a life-changing question, but now look at part two of the book. Here's its title, The Mm. Early Christian Basics. The Early Christian Basics. That's what we're moving into, starting with the next episode. Our friends will remember that getting back to the Christian basics is one of the themes of this podcast, of these episodes. And I've said it many Mm -hmm. times, but here we go again. If we do what they did, we will have what they had. And, John, we want what they have. We want that supernatural peace and healing and hope for ourselves, our families, our friends. And the early Christians had it. We can have it, too. Yes, we absolutely do. But uh, we can't live successful lives on this earth without it. 
That's what I've found, mm-hmm. and I've been around the track several times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so starting next time with Episode 7, we're going to dive deep into the techniques of the deeper Christian walk, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot we're going to say that will be completely new to our friends who are listening. Yeah, I'm sure of that, too. Yeah. So, John, to close the episode, Let's give our friends some perspective. Let's summarize the first six episodes of this podcast. You know, those are the ones that all, I guess, all of them that we've recorded to date, episodes one through six. And let's see, can we summarize them this way? Here we go. Christians were originally called followers of the way, and they lived a supernatural behavior that we call the early Christian lifestyle. What was that? They met in small groups and homes. They sang, worshiped, prayed as the Holy Spirit guided them. And because of that, Healings, answers to prayer, angels, and other miracles were part of their daily lives. And over the years, the followers of the way evolved into today's denominational Christians. And tragically, today's denominational uh, uh, Christians are in crisis. Millions of them are dropping out of the denominations, and polls show that today's average Christian is no more spiritual than a non-Christian. The cause of the crisis is that today's congregations don't teach the early Christian lifestyle of spiritual living that the original Christians taught. And because of that, today's worship services, you said this earlier, John, are boring, irrelevant, and hypocritical, but in turn, that's causing Christians to drop out and become increasingly unspiritual. The reason that the early Christian lifestyle is not taught in today's congregations is that they are descended from the Emperor Constantine's institutional Christianity of the 4th century. Remember, he built the first church buildings. He named the day that we call Sunday. He founded the clergy. He even designed the cross as the Christian symbol. But remember, Constantine was not a Christian. And the changes he made to Christianity were done for political and military reasons, not spiritual reasons. And that's why his changes are the root cause of today's crisis. Mm. So the solution to this crisis is for Christians to get back to the basics of early Christianity. As we always say, if we do what they did, We'll have what they had. Mm -hmm. 
So the goal of these episodes is to help today's Christians return to the same peace, healing, and hope that the early Christians enjoyed. And so now it's time to talk about the deeper Christian walk. It's time to talk in clear language about how to live the way the early Christians lived. And so that's going to be the theme of our upcoming episode, starting with episode seven. Yeah. Oh, and that is a a terrific summary of where we've been, and it's a good summary of where we're going. And I might throw in the best is yet to come, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and it, that's the way it is with Christian life. The best is always yet to come. Yeah, that's true. And I can see that episode seven is going to be a turning point in these episodes. And we're going we're going to uh, get to the deep end of the pool. Uh, <laughs> the deep spiritual issues are coming up next. Yes, they are. I can't wait. But in the meantime, friends, remember that this is episode six in the series. A script and recording of it are on the Christian Family Online website, and all you have to do to find that is go on the Internet to cfopods.com, C-F-O-P-O-D-S dot com. Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so we can get the notifications to you for episode uh, number seven and the rest of the episodes. Absolutely. But for now, for today, yes. this is Owen Allen and John Shields, and along with our producer, Shannon Wolf, saying, May the God of our fathers bless you and keep you, guide you, and protect you until we meet again. <laughs>